everybody. Welcome back to another Life in the Urban City podcast. I'm your host, Paul Hudak. Joined again, and pretty much always, by our executive director, Eric Vasquez. Eric, um, you want to come in and share some of the things that have been on your heart? We've been talking a lot lately about um, public policy and issues going on in youth culture. Um, and I know that's something that's definitely on your heart that you want to share. I'm going to take it off, take us off. Yeah, we felt it was important to kind of talk about this on the podcast because we know that many other folks are probably experiencing the same things. And if we could create a network of advocates um, for At Promise Youth, the effort, um, the initiative would be stronger, the movement would be stronger. So just talking about policy, uh, legal and policy issues, you know, recently Justice for Youth has kind of stepped into that arena um, dealing with kind of, you know, LARP, which is Los Angeles Regional Reentry Partnership. Um, we did we, we participated in that because, you know, we had uh, our transitional age youth who are incarcerated or they're reentering. And then now, you know, we have a lot of youth who are incarcerated, juvenile offenders. And we've had to create a, a whole department here at Justice for Youth, uh, which is Restorative Justice and Care. And that program led by Miss Nora Jacob, uh, who is a legend, um, if you don't know her, you should. Um, she she kind of leads the charge and provides care to clients who are in carceral um, circumstances and even reentry. So, um, and then she does bona fide just, uh, restorative justice in the community, in carceral settings, um, and even on campuses. So, all that being said, I want to rattle off like a few of the, the issues that are at the top of our list. And just kind of raise the awareness. And, and I, I say this with the utmost respect, like especially partners who are in this world. We know that you're doing good work. And this is not a jab against you at all. We don't want it to be misconstrued. But we just know that in all the communities we're working with, we're seeing the barriers. So let me lead off by just saying our top three things that we're wanting to build some policy around. Kind of start off with... Um, the whole housing issue when it comes to minors. Uh, in our community, there's been a handful of, um, in our home community, there's been a handful of group homes who've been shut down just due to like violations, so they lost their licenses, or there's been funding issues, so they've shut down. And it's been challenging to have placement for homeless youth. And when making a DCFS report, sometimes that takes some time for the department to respond and provide suitable placement so these young people who are out here are struggling in big ways and you know we've in crises like real crisis situation we've kind of stepped in and provided some juvenile support for a temporary stay but there's a lot of liabilities that are involved and uh, especially like recently we've had some juveniles who who are pregnant so mom with child, and that's even more liability, especially when they're going through like mental health concerns. So we're crying out for essentially advocating for demanding like, can we strengthen a more robust housing response for homeless youth? Because there are many of them out here in the urban inner cities that we serve. Uh, and th- that's going to take some, some real policy, you know, creation, um, advancement. We're going to have to work with our elected officials lived experience voices, CBOs, leaders uh, that are indigenous to the communities who know what's really happening out here in the streets. Um, that, that's, that's one endeavor. That's one of our top three. The second one is that we need rehabilitative services, uh, more access. Uh, we need more 
residential centers for rehab for juveniles who are dealing with addiction. Um, with the influx of like pills, Xanax, um, you know, uh, PERT, you know, you name it, man, I go down the list or just even the influx of fentanyl and the effects that that's having, having in our community. We're seeing kids addicted at young ages, crystal meth, heroin, um, freebasing it. I mean, they're doing it. And, and it's, we've had out of the 17 losses that we had this past year and a half, um, three of them have been overdoses. And, and we've had near deaths. If we were to go to the local hospital and request the overdose data of juveniles, it would astonish most of the listeners to see how serious this issue is. But we got to send kids to Tarzana to get residential care. Like it's, and if they don't have the proper insurances, it's not accessible for them. So it's an issue. We're trying to support at a grassroots level, uh, level providing like prevention, um, information and education. And then we're doing bona fide intervention by having weekly courses uh, that are drug related through our PACT program. So it's, it's an issue. We're really hoping we get some support around that from our network and the people who are listening. And then the last one is uh, the job, the employment opportunities provided to our youth. This one is going to sting a little bit, I think, for some of our partners, but I'm going to save, save for what it is. And again, no disrespect. Um, we, we do care about you and we, we value your work, but in reality, we got to do better. Um, our communities have to do better. Our county, our elected officials, we got to do better. And I'm drawing the line in the sand, essentially, here um, from Pomona and beyond to welcome people into this conversation. The local uh, employment agencies with youth, 14 to you know 25, they provide an entry-level, level one, 120-hour program. But that's not enough. Uh, and to create a narrative around it, if a kid comes in, this dude's gang-banging, he's... You know, he's strapped up. This dude's committing crime, affecting community safety, you name it. And he tells me, hey, E, I want to change my life. Like, I just need a job. I want to be able to respond immediately to those app promise clients and be able to offer them real opportunities. Because after that 120 hours is done, which could be anywhere from three weeks to a month and a half, depending on how much they space it out, like, Sometimes they don't qualify for the next level. And level two sometimes doesn't give anything more than 400 hours. So it's ridiculous. Like these kids are living in poverty. They're having to provide for themselves. They're trying to make money in clean ways, but there's, real, there's really no opportunities. Like we need to rethink our employment opportunities for youth, especially at Promise Youth. Also, the agencies that often will lock in some of these contracts to be a standalone AJCC, we believe and would recommend that there needs to be some more training provided to those front-facing staff because they need to be able to deal with these uh, high-promise clients. If a kid comes in and they're given attitude or they're expected to know the system and navigate through that or they sense just a slight, the slightest um, you know, diss, they'll come at you nasty. You know, they'll be like, F-U-B, da, 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 and they, they'll never return again. But, like, agencies that are grassroots that have um, more access and have worked and have the trust of these youngsters, we need to be able to have those same opportunities. And, you know, thank God Justice for Youth is moving into a sustainable nonprofit, and, you know, we're no longer small, like, tiny grassroots, but we're getting to kind of, like, grow into a midsize uh, organization, like, 
we do have um, those relationships and and we do have kind of the infrastructure to kind of go for these types of things. But what about the nonprofit that's tiny, barely emerging, but doing dope work? Like they need that support. So we are, you know, asking like, man, could we spread the wealth? Could we support smaller CBOs that are doing good work, not make it such a difficult lift to have access to become an AJCC uh, or like AJCC America Job um, Centers, like, you know, that's one of our partners here. And, uh, you know, we, we think that collaboratively we could work together instead of working in competition to really help kids access employment opportunities. And here at Justice for Youth, we're doing everything we can, man. We're hosting... Uh, trade experiences where we pay kids to come they get hands-on trade experience from industry professionals you know we just started and funded our yes program which is youth and young adult employment services so everything from the minute you know resume building to the mock interviews to actual uh, pathways towards vocation and and business connections that we have in the community those are we're working hard on that end, but we got to do more. We got to do better. We know a 12-year-old, I'll let Paul tell that story, um, that that story forever shaped our perspective in regards to him, uh, vocation, and that's our 12-year-old who got, yeah, got shot. Yeah, we had a 12-year-old get shot and killed because of um, he was selling drugs behind a middle school. Um, and then we also have like a 16-year-old who's like, who's selling drugs all throughout um, the city. Um, and... You know, just things that we see and we hear, it's like they want a way out, but there isn't an opportunity for them. um, And so they just go to what they know and what can provide the fastest means to the the resource that they need. Um, You know, and then one of my bigger issues is more on the economic side is, you know, there's a lot of amazing CBOs out there that want to continue to support um, their communities. But to receive funding, they need to pretty much hire someone to go out and get the funding. But how do you have someone hired to go get the funding when you can't even pay your own bills? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, you have to spend money that doesn't exist for someone to try to get you money that you know is there for you, but you don't have access because you just don't have the capabilities, the knowledge to do it. And the the system is just kind of broken that way. They... They want you to say that they have things for you, but you're not applying for us. Well, like, we can't apply because we don't have the capabilities, the time, the resources, the funding for it. Um, and we, you know, we want to just continue to, you know, take things away from the community and put it on a larger state, federal, county level. And again, you, you lose that connection to the locals. You lose that connection to the community. And that's why, you know, here at, at our core, we always want to have locals on our team. We want to have the kids' voices heard because if we continue to grow and we get out of the streets, get out of the community, we lose that connection, and we don't want to lose that connection. That That's important to us. That's what helps us continue to be relevant to these kids. Yeah. And we know we need to be relevant. Otherwise, we won't be able to support them. So those of you who are listening, I mean, hopefully this is uh... – resonating and if it's not hopefully it's educating but we need folks to get involved and we're happy to um welcome you here at justice for youth as a part of our volunteer team to serve on our legal and policy committees um to advocate in this way 
Um, and, and we have many more, you know, policy issues that we've raised to some folks in our community, and we will continue to raise those because we want to improve the quality of life for At Promise young people in our community. So with that being said, we just really want to thank you guys for being faithful listeners. We hope that you stay connected to us and uh, that we continue to build our network and sharpen each other for the benefit of our students. Remember, uh, everything we do here at Justice for Youth is connected to our mission, and we exist to mentor at Promise Youth to be better students, better people, and better leaders. Thank you so much for listening. Yeah, thank you again for checking in this month. Uh, we'll see you guys next month. Take care and enjoy your guys' month. See you guys. Bye.